Dear sports fans, elevate your game to the next level with a Toyota truck. Drive the crowd favorite Tacoma. This versatile playmaker is ready to own the weekend. Choose the tailgating MVP, the Toyota Tundra. This is one vehicle that comes up clutch. Or ride in the adventurous 4Runner, a true champion on and off the road. Whichever truck you choose, you're getting a real winner. Come join the team of champions, Toyota Trucks. Visit Toyota.com to learn more or check out your local Toyota dealership today. Toyota, let's go places. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our friends over at Hassle Cattle Company. Hassle Cattle Company is delivering you damn good beef. Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. Hassle Cattle Company is a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas, and they ship all over the United States straight to your door. They call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu because it's the best damn Wagyu that everyone can afford. Hassle Cattle Company offers Wagyu Wagyu Smork Sausage, New York Strip, Beef Bacon, Wagyu Frank without any fillers, of course, and two jerky flavors, Original and Sweet and Spicy, and that Sweet and Spicy one is my jam. Their Hamburger One Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam, and not only do we love their beef, the country loves their beef. So make sure to check them out over at HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com, and use promo code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. And if you order over $200 worth, you'll get free shipping. So make sure to check them out. Use that promo code DNVR10 for 10% off some damn good beef and over $200 and you'll get free shipping. All right, fellas, let's hop into today's show. Happy, happy Friday and welcome in to another edition of Three Ring Circus. The single best way and the only way you should be starting your Friday in Broncos country. Super excited for another great show today. And of course, this show and all DNVR Broncos podcasts are presented by MSU Denver Online. Check them out. MSUDenverOnline.edu is the website. You can see all the classes they have to offer, all the different. Oh, it is Friday. Someone just there. Sorry, it's not Friday. It's Thursday, <laughs> but it feels like Friday. Thanks for the reminder there. Uh, it, it feels like Friday. Um, and anyways, msudenver.edu slash online, 750 different classes that you can take. And MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution. So if you're looking to get your degree while furthering your uh, – get your degree while working full-time, of course, msudenver.edu. Online is the place to go. I can't believe I uh, – it took me one second to forget that this show wasn't – on friday this week <laughs> my boys it feels like a friday though the vibes are good and i know that we're gonna get into some off-season madness and we're doing this show today because of course we got march madness tomorrow and guys no better way to talk about the off-season madness and a little march madness than with our friend zach Vi. can't wait for this show there are the vibes yes. good, though? they're good with zach but i don't know if the vibes are good when we're talking about the morning where we find out Philip Lindsay is no longer a Denver Bronco. 
Yeah, that's a uh, that's a tough blow to the vibes for sure. Yeah. Um, I think it feels like Friday because everyone in their right mind is going to be watching basketball all day tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> so it might as well be a weekend. Is that your plan, Zach? Oh my gosh, I I can't wait. I'm going to be posted up. Uh, this was, you know, <clears throat> it's been a hard year, and a lot of us have gone through a lot. Um, I I feel lucky. I've been counting my blessings. I know people have. Uh, had a really hard year. But within that, from a sports perspective, March Madness was taken away from us. And that was like a watershed moment for me that the reality of the pandemic like came into focus. And we were on the air when it happened. So to be one year later, and <clears throat> I filled out a bracket last night, and it felt so good. So I just can't wait. going to be rooting for the buffs against uh, Patrick Ewing's Georgetown Hoyas. So I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, not to kill the vibes, but uh, since it is the main topic in Broncos country this morning, just your reaction um, to really not just the news today with Phil Lindsay, which is just an expedition of what we knew was going to eventually happen, but just the Philip Lindsay saga here with the Broncos. Yeah, saga is a good way to put it. <clears throat> you know, I, I, I tweeted a couple minutes ago that this relationship was awkward from the very start. It was always disjointed and you know, Phil, it almost feels like, like if I were to try to describe why Philip Lindsay was no longer a Bronco to someone who was not a part of Broncos country, um, like I had my buddy hitting me up, like, and he said, why do the Broncos hate Philip Lindsay? And, you know, it's one of these things where um, there's been these uh, bullet point moments throughout the last three years that you're trying to understand <clears throat> why things were the way that they were. It started off with the Broncos, for right or wrong, being dishonest to Philip Lindsay up in Boulder at his pro day, saying that if you're there late, we're going to draft you. He was there late. And not only did they not draft him, they drafted another running back who, in the most literal sense, is no longer in the league. Uh, they said that they would uh, t- take a look at his contract. They, they didn't. And not only did they not, they brought in another running back to sort of uh, supplant him and paid him top 10 money. Um, and then, <clears throat> you know, the – the one the one thing that they could have done, like even as and I know it's pro- professional sports, but almost as just a pat on the head courtesy was given the second round tender. I mean, the, the difference between the second round tender and an original round tender is one point two million dollars. The Broncos, uh, uh, the, the Broncos are in such great cap space uh, that that one point two million dollars, that's couch cushion money. And it was just one final stamp of disapproval on the way out of Philip Lindsay and guys, I, I, I don't know if I'm um, and I don't think I am trying to sensationalize it, but it almost feels like his hometown status hurt the Broncos or, or, or hurt their relationship because uh, he was a media darling, the fans, it was one of the most popular Broncos and the Broncos were constantly getting told how they were wrong about Philip and Philip chose them you know, he, he could have gone to, you know, 30 other teams. He chose the Broncos, and then he makes history as a pro bowler. And, you know, John Elway couldn't remember his name at one point during an interview. So, I mean, it's the whole thing, if I were to d- describe it, it's been disjointed. It started off on the wrong foot, and it ends on the wrong foot. And, I'm I, guys, I'm just expecting for me to look up in 2021, and it's going to be a Sunday afternoon, and I'm going to be watching Red Zone, and he's going to be in, like, a Cardinals uniform or a Niners uniform. And he's going to break one for 55 the way that we've seen here in the last couple of years. And we're going to be shaking our head. And it's going to be low-hanging fruit for criticism against the Denver Broncos. Yeah, or a and- Chiefs uniform. 
that's <laughs> that's the thing you, you should be really worried about because there is potentially some interest from Kansas City and Philip Lindsay. Well, if you look at, you know, also yeah. the two places that Zach mentioned, Arizona, there's the Vance Joseph connection. Obviously, he was the coach when they brought in Philip Lindsay. Uh, in San Francisco, they ha- you have John Embry, who is the coach who recruited him to see you in the first place. And then you mentioned Kansas City, where you have Eric Bieniemy, who obviously has the strong Colorado ties. You know, he's going to have love for Philip Lindsay for sure. And those are, just, you know, those are three CU ties. That doesn't even mention all the people who've been watching him around the league saying, man, I wish we had an explosive back like that. Zach, the way that you laid it out kind of illuminated something to me. There are so many notches in the story of Philip Lindsay of, you know, things that people that did him wrong, people that didn't believe in him, people that, you know, didn't have the faith in him to become what he thinks he can become and has become to this point. And, the sad, I think the most sad part is now the Broncos are part of that. They're on the other side. Um, and I think that's why fans are having such a hard time swallowing this. Like this, th- this should have been like a fairy tale. And it ends with the Broncos being like another notch in the Philip Lindsay story of someone in, in an organization who didn't believe in him. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's a, it, I'm just a little bit disappointed because <clears throat> guys, he plays the running back position. You want to keep the running back position cheap as possible in general. He's cheap. He's a young, cheap running back. Like when I think of running backs and I think of, you know, uh, the relationship of all positions in the game of football as in like tools on a tool belt, I think of the running back position like a hammer. You just bang that thing as often as you want. And when the head snaps off, it's one of the cheapest things in Home Depot. You go get yourself another one. Uh, And the Broncos had a young running back for cheap. And and not only young running back who's cheap, but he's been productive. And I know that the back half of 2020 didn't go um, uh, as swimmingly as the first uh, two and a half years, but he also wasn't being used right. I mean, it was like a big flag when he came onto the field, like, you know, this is a, this is a running play. Now, some of that has to do with Phillip and not being able to maximize the passing game skill set, whether it's blocking or catching the football, but golly guys, Philip Lindsay has a skill set. Let's let's not act like Philip Lindsay doesn't have a skill set. If you can't find a way to maximize his skill set during a football game, that's on you because we saw it being maximized for two years. I mean, and people say, oh, who cares a thousand yard, you know, rusher that, that, that doesn't hold on a second. How many running backs in 2020 ran for a thousand yards? Eight in the whole league, eight running backs ran for a thousand yards. And then the rebuttal will be, well, that's because people do running back by committee more in 2020. Well, you have a secondary back. Why would you, why would you pivot away from that? So, so, so pick a lane with the argument, but it, when you, when you add it all up, it doesn't make quite a, a much sense to me. Like I said, if you were going to try to describe this scenario with someone of his production at his age, and the durability thing's been overstated, okay? He's played a bunch of football. Uh, if you were going to describe this to someone who was totally unaware of the situation but knew professional football really well, a lot of stuff doesn't add up with this one. Yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right. And Zach, I think you've, you've laid the situation out perfectly. So the question is, what's next at running back, Zach? What do you think they do next? Because obviously they brought Mike Boone in, but he, he's a backup guy. He's been a third string guy, maybe a second string guy here. And then after this year with Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon's off the book. So, I mean, are you looking at the draft? Are you looking at day two this year? Or is it kind of focused on next year? 
Yeah, so that's <clears throat> that's a good question. I'm glad you asked it because even before this uh, happened with Philip Lindsay, it was about a month and a half ago, two months ago, and I got a little bit of you know lash back as as expected when sharing an opinion ever in 2021. <laughs> um, uh, I said I said the Broncos should be looking at uh, the running back position uh, in the second or third round. And I know that's not typically in a perfect world where you want to draft a running back. Maybe you like a little bit later, but sometimes you got to, you got to invest, right? You got to invest in that position. And even without this, you looked ahead. And even if they did the second round tender for Phil uh, and he was back, both him and Melvin, it looked like they had an end date after 2021. So you could just wait and draft one next year. Cause if there's any of a position that's a plug and play in the NFL, it is running back guys walk in the league and have a ton of success almost every single year. Whether you're talking about the undrafted kid in Jacksonville or Clyde Edwards or whoever, fill in the blank, Kareem hunt guys just walk in the league and have success. So you could wait a year, um, but it's not too early to start thinking about it because the cupboard after this year, when it comes to Melvin Gordon, when it comes to Royce Freeman, it's going to be totally empty. So I don't think it's too early to at least look at it. Yeah. Now, how do you think the people, this is like not just you, but also kind of Broncos country. How do you think they'd react if, say, on the on the end side of this, Najee Harris is a Bronco if the Broncos trade down? Yeah. I mean, so <clears throat> as always, like the fans are going to move forward. The fans are going to cheer for the name on the front of the jersey that, you know, uh, our guys think in the morning often says it's a, it's a laundry type fan base where in the NBA, you know, there's pockets of fans who just cheer for players. NFL doesn't really work like that uh, with, with hometown teams. So, yeah, it's uh, what have you done for me lately? If you grab Najee Harris because you traded back and that guy walks in the league and has the success of uh, Kareem Hunt in his rookie year or whatever, um, uh, you know, all, all might not be forgiven, but all will be forgotten. Yeah, I think, I think you're totally right on that. The last thing I want to say on this is I, the, I can just envision a scenario uh, when – after this next season, the Broncos offense never quite gets off the ground. Pat Shermer gets fired. The Broncos bring in a new offensive coordinator and Phil is a perfect fit for that offense. And we're all saying, man, if only they had that explosive running back that they moved on from because Pat Shermer said he wasn't a fit for his offense. That's that's going to be the uh, the final death blow. All right. We have a game here. So we have to get to it because we don't want to keep you too long. So let's jump into our first uh, ever off-season madness tournament here. The goal, Zach, here is to determine what the Broncos' best off-season move has been. We know what some of the worst have been, so they'll be illuminated quick. They're the, the, the 16 seeds, or I guess the 6 or 8 seeds, whatever it is we have in here in this one. But let's, let's have a look at the bracket, and uh, we'll go through this. All right, here you go. First matchup here. We'll get this one out of the way quickly. It's the one seed versus the nine seed. It's Shel- re-signing Shelby Harris versus letting Philip Lindsay walk. Oh gosh, that's got to be that's got to be re-signing Shelby Harris, right? I mean, yes, it, yeah. it, it's you know, uh, for me, uh, the 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 cost of it, the price was a little bit higher than I thought, and I had to eat some crow on that. I thought he'd be more uh, in the range of you know five million dollars as opposed to nine million dollars. But guys, it's not my money. You brought back a good football player in Shelby. He's been a good football player. I will say this. Shelby's had to scratch and claw his way into this league to get to this point of hitting pay dirt on this contract. I hope he keeps the same mindset and work ethic moving forward after cashing in because his signing bonus is three times the salary of this last year. 
So I, I want him to keep that hunger. But yeah, for me, uh, it's it's definitely Shelby. Uh, and that's the one seed in the tournament. I actually jumped ahead of myself. Tonight we've got the play-in games, and we do have a play-in game here to get into the bracket. Uh, the play-in on this one is cutting A.J. Boye or cutting Jarrell Casey. Which was the better move? Oh, the better move was uh, cutting A.J. Boye. Uh, A.J. Boye felt like below replacement level. And you can't just get knocked for a PED charge uh, in the middle of the season. So uh, bad play combined with uh, poor decision making, and not just poor decision making. Um, you know, you know, you're breaking the you're breaking the rules. You're you're, you're cutting corners. Uh, so yeah, cutting AJ Boye was that that had to be done. I uh, I think that's the right call there. And the unfortunate thing about losing. Jarrell Casey is just now that you have Vaughn back now that you have, you know, you're, you might finally get a look at Vaughn and Chubb. It would have been nice to also see what that looks like with Shelby Harris and Jarrell Casey on that line. I know. I know this time last off season, I was the most high on the Casey move. I mean, he had, you know, I, I think it was five consecutive pro bowls. He was a six time yeah. captain. The Broncos needed that kind of leadership. He could go up in their ring of fame, whatever they call it there in Tennessee. Uh, he he was that productive, and he was also durable. So it's not like I could point to an injury history like with uh, Ronald Darby or something like that and say, hey, keep an eye on this. He was nothing but durable. So, of course, dumb Broncos luck. He gets hurt in just the first couple games. All right, well, let's, where let, should we let's, go? Okay. Uh, Zach, I was going to say, look, you, you mentioned Ronald Darby, so let's hit that right now. Going over to the three verse six sit matchup right now, we have hiring George Payton as the number three seed, going against signing Ronald Darby as the sixth seed. Which one was the better move? I, I think hiring uh, George Payton, and, and I, I'm going out on faith a little bit here because if someone said, hey, Show me what's tangible, why you would come to that conclusion. I don't have much to draw from. He's never done the job before. But I like betting on people with great work ethic. If you have great work ethic, we're probably going to get along. And the one thing that uh, George Payton has in spades to a man, according to everyone, is incredible work ethic. So I'm hoping that his acumen being in the league for as long as he's been uh, in a pretty steady operation there in Minnesota – um, and combined with that work ethic is going to pay dividends for the Broncos. But guys, don't forget dividends. That's the future, right? <laughs> that's right. That's how an investment works. You, 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 you may have to give something up front for something greater in the back. And the stuff that we might have to give up front is actually a little bit of patience. So I don't want to overreact to his first off season. It's going to take a little bit of time, but I'm trusting his work ethic and his experience as the right hand man to the job that he's doing now. Yeah. yeah, and over the yeah, over, yeah, little story that I heard a couple of days ago, over the weekend during that snowstorm, basically Broncos complex is abandoned. There's hardly anybody there. I think there are three people there. George Payton's one of them. Come on, he's working all, Yeah, he's 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 making his way through the blizzard to get to work, to be in the office on a Sunday, grinding. Is that is that right? Yeah, he's that, that's cool. Yep. Yeah. All I right. I wouldn't have even been surprised yeah. if. Uh, is there with the way he is uh and really quick before we go to the next one i got to get your your opinion on signing of ronald darby really the only f true free agent signing uh the big signing that the broncos have made yeah you know much like it's oftentimes in free agency you probably have to pay a little bit more for a player that doesn't quite fit that caliber of a price tag 
Um, when Ronald Darby's right, he's good. I mean, this past year in Washington, he was good. Top five in the league in, in pass breakups. It's not a big interception guy, which, you know, I guess we're going to have to, you know, feel out because the Broncos need turnovers. The Broncos were dead last in turnover uh, a margin by like a secretariat mile. All right. So they, they need to figure that out. I don't know if Darby's going to be the guy that's going to come in here. And like you looked at A.J. Boye this time last year. It's like, oh, my gosh, look at this year. You, you know, hauled in seven interceptions. And the, you can't really look at Darby's history like that. Um, but he's a great athlete, great athlete. This is a guy that was like looking to be like a world-class sprinter when he was in high school. He's got incredible speed, but he's got that injury history, guys. And it's very real. And if he comes in here in Bryce Callahan fashion – I used the phrase low-hanging fruit earlier with the with the Philip Lindsay conversation. If Darby gets hurt, it's gonna be one of these roll your eyes things like, well, yeah, he's he's played one full season. Like what were he, because he put orange and blue on, it was gonna turn into a cape and he was just gonna be Superman healthy. No, he's played one healthy season. So I I, I get concerned uh, about that when you're talking about missing 20 games over the three years prior to 2020. It's concerning. So uh, you just got to kind of cross your fingers with that one and hope the 19 and a half million guaranteed uh, doesn't end up in flames like it did with uh, Boye or Casey. Yeah, and I love uh, that we brought up this graphic here. It's a really interesting look at Ronald Darby because he has a he makes big plays, um, but he also has a tendency to allow big plays uh, with the 13 and a half yards per completion. But on the same account, you know, only gave up one TD. Last season, uh, 54% completion, 44 yards per game. Like, you can live with a lot of this stuff. Um, it's just, to me, he's a very different player uh, than than what I kind of expected the Broncos to love in a corner. It, he is kind of a high-risk, high-reward guy. Fortunately for him, last year, he you know, he didn't get the picks. Um, so it's interesting because he has the ability to lock a guy down. And then maybe once or twice a game, he'll get behind him. Yeah, yeah, and 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 uh, like you just said, he doesn't really profile as the guy that uh, you would bring in here for Vic's defense in particular because Darby uh, has been a good man corner. Vic plays a lot his own, but I think this is George Payton uh, making a move with the future in mind. If the Broncos are losers this year, like many are expecting them to be, uh, and when I say losers, I'm talking about just losing more games than you win. Vic Fangio could be gone, and Darby could be a part of someone else's system, so we'll see how it all plays out. But I'm hoping that Darby – see, Darby's only uh, going to be playing at the age of 27, if I'm not mistaken, this season. There's still an opportunity for Darby, although he's been banged up throughout his career, to really have his best days as a Denver Bronco. And that's what – now that the deal is done, that's all you can hope, right? Yep, it's true. I mean, the only really the only concern I have about Darby beyond injury is in that playoff game, he was bad. Tom Brady picked on him when Tampa Bay went up to Washington and beat them. So it's sort of a kind of a reminder that Darby is a little bit of a boomer bust guy. He's not going to be like this. He is like, he's like a seismograph in an earthquake. So I'm going to go back and watch that game. Now that you mentioned that, I'm going to go back and watch that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sorry for me to be the the Debbie downer here, but. (laughs) Good stuff. Yeah. I get a call back five days a week. (laughs) (laughs) moving on let's go to the four or five matchup which is always interesting when it happens in round two of the ncaa tournament the four picking up von miller's option and the five is the second round tenders given to alexander johnson and tim patrick 
best matchup here, by the way. Yeah, it four is. Four guys off an R. <laughs> yeah, four. There you go. There you go. Um, guys, I'm going to go against the grain here, and I'm going to say the second-round tenders for Patrick and Johnson, and here's why. When I talk about the Denver Broncos, it is about an outlook. It is about an arc. It is not just about 2021. The, if, if you ever needed an offseason where you need to be told it's a rebuild, it's this offseason. Okay, John Elway has stepped back, stepped up, however you want to put it, because the Broncos have gone from bad to worse. Like it felt like they were on the right track there uh, for a couple of years where they improved their win total from five to six to seven. Then they go back to five. They were a bad football team, guys. When they played good football teams, they got absolutely smacked more oftentimes than not. And the question that I have asked uh, as it pertains to Von Miller is, is Von Miller going to be a part of the next great Denver Broncos team? And I don't think the answer is yes. Now, you can use your imagination and you can catch all green lights and maybe the Broncos get back in the playoffs in the next two years. But when I say two years, there's still no assurances that Von Miller is going to be here. This feels like a one-off. And I, I don't love it because, you know, Sean Keeler, the Denver Post, put it like this. He said, Von Miller is like a Rolls Royce type of player that is um, you, you, you make it work if you're one player away, if you're in this type of window. And I just look at the Broncos pragmatically, and I don't, I don't view them like that. I, I, I don't even know who's going to play quarterback. I don't, the coach is beginning the season with his seat already warm. So um, the, the, the idea that Alexander Johnson and Tim Patrick could, could be a part of the next great Broncos team, I love those tenders. And, and let me just make sure to emphasize – I am not saying that Von Miller in 2021 can't go out and wreck shop. My problem is if he goes out and wreck shop, he's likely going to hit free agency. And I just don't like the uh, trajectory of Von and the Broncos. Now, they could come to a deal midseason and make him a Bronco for life. But I don't know that to be true. So I'm only working with the information that I have. I think well, that was a really Zach, good point. Yeah, I think it was a great way to put it. And what what do you think the future is? Do you think that this will be the last year for Vaughn? Because, heck, we found out from you, Zach, many, many months ago uh, that Vaughn did not seem open to taking a Baca. And then we officially found out a couple days ago when, when the Broncos approached him last week and asked for a pay cut restructure, and he said no to that. And the Broncos still picked him up because they didn't want to let him leave. Uh, but that tells me that if he wasn't willing to take a pay cut this year, probably not willing to take a big hometown discount next year and that's and he didn't want to take a pay cut after a season at 31 was totally missed he was right. refusing to take a pay cut what would make you think that he would take a pay cut <laughs> off a season where he played well so yeah. go ahead right i was just gonna say but let me add he was right to say no to the pay cut because they still paid him yep yep he he called their bluff and yes now i was talking to stokely yesterday he goes i can't remember this happening i can't remember right. this happening where it, it not only did it happen, it's public. The Broncos went to like, think about if that happened at your job at, at any one of our jobs. We had a little a skit with it yesterday where you say, Stoke, Hey man, you, you just, you, you've been missing a lot of time. You were just in Arizona. You're not around, you know, uh, our, our product is worse off because of it. Uh, we need you to take a pay cut. And he's like, well, if you cut my pay, I'll just go work for another radio station. I, I'm not taking a pay cut. And me as the boss, like, uh, okay, you're right. We'll, we'll, we'll bring it back. That just, that, just, that just wouldn't happen in the real world. But Von Miller made it happen. He called their bluff. And the context and the landscape of these guys getting paid um, uh, around the league, uh, whether it was J.J. Watt or others, you said, man, could Von really get 
you know, 15 on the open market? Maybe he could. And, and, and maybe he could. And if you're the Broncos, they tried another route. Don't forget that. They tried yeah. another route, and it didn't work out. And then you don't want to just get caught with the bag. So ultimately, they relent. But I just don't like the fact that it feels like a one-off. You know, it, I, mm-hmm. I would have preferred a restructured contract, make him a Bronco for life. Or um, it might have been best, the way it was suggested, that just both parties move on because the Broncos are not in win now, and the, and Vaughn has one last window of time to cash in on a on a multi-year contract so this this for me was the most unlikely scenario so i was pretty surprised that it that it shook out this way it's yeah and let yeah sorry i just gotta jump in say this let's make this clear if the team struggles this year you could be talking about von miller being traded at the deadline that is something that is a very real possibility in all this and uh it's funny to see you know we talk about Va- what von miller said about uh, being a bronco for life love being you know colorado and blah 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 if leonard floyd takes the broncos offer von miller's not here that's right well and to piggyback off that is exactly what i was going to say mace is we we should do a game sometime that's like <laughs> what they said publicly versus what they're saying privately because <laughs> von miller says bronco for life i'm totally bought in this that and the other thing but I mean, just hours before he had told the Broncos, if you want to cut my pay, I'll just go play somewhere else. Like, <laughs> yeah, so, and, 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 that, and that's the thing. Like, and you always, you're never going to win a, a battle against Von Miller publicly because the Legion of fans are going to come out. Um, mm-hmm. And I get that. I get that. Um, but yeah, it's pretty disingenuous. Like, yeah, I, I always want to be a Coloradan for life as long as you're going to pay me top dollar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, otherwise yeah. I'll just go somewhere else. So, it's just you know. like, you know, Philip Lindsay today saying, uh, I'm so thankful for everything the Broncos gave me and like this that, and the other thing. And I think he really is, but that's not what he's feeling right now at all. Right no. now he's <laughs> saying, oh boy, just wait till the next time you see me on the field. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. All right, let's hop to the final matchup of the first round. We have the number two seed franchise tagging Justin Simmons going up against cutting Boye. What's the better move? Oh, man. So this is tricky because I, I like I, – I mean, Boye needed to get cut, right? Um, yeah. that, that absolutely had to happen. But you also have to keep your young players, Justin Simmons. Like, Justin Simmons is a best case scenario when you p- take him in the third round. Is he not like, be- was he like the 99th pick? I think he's like, when you pick a guy like that, you hope that he's an everyday starter for you. Justin Simmons doesn't miss a snap. He doesn't miss uh, a games. He just, you know, he's a, obviously when people talk about Justin Simmons, you have a tendency to let the person bleed into the player, um, which is fine because he's been that great of a person. So I'm okay with factoring that in to a degree. Um, but yeah, the guy's an all pro the guys, you know, when, when I ask you the question, Hey, is Von Miller going to be a part of the next great Broncos team? You can fairly ask that question with Justin Simmons and say, yes, if everything goes according to plan, yes, Justin Simmons can be a stalwart on the next great Broncos team. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and, and say, uh, the franchise tag for Justin Simmons, because it had to be done. I mean, think about the message you would send, like, what more could I do as a Bronco? you know, best case I'll be Justin Simmons and still not be rewarded. So I think it sends a message. The Broncos guys, I, I, and I want to say this, the Broncos culture has seriously slipped here in recent years. It has seriously slipped. We got guys, you know, whether it was, you know, punching people in the face multiple times during the season, getting popped for PEDs, 
multiple DUIs in consecutive seasons, uh, you know, discord among players subtweeting at each other, discord between players and coaches sub subtweeting about coaches. Like it's been chaos here. And uh, Justin Simmons just provides like almost like a rudder in that locker room of just some stability and integrity. And that's the right way to do things. And the Broncos, you know, who just a couple seasons ago was bringing in Pac-Man Jones on his last legs. The Broncos need more guys like Justin Simmons. So Zach, if you're, if you're the Broncos, are you, uh, are you resetting the market for Justin with a long-term deal? Yeah, I think you're going to have to. His agent is Todd France. You just saw how the Dak Prescott deal went down. They'll dig their, their heels in. Todd France is a reset the market or we'll walk uh, type of agent. And uh, the difference between the fifth highest paid safety and the number one safety is $850,000. Don't let that be the difference between Justin Simmons leaving or not leaving. In an ideal world, do you want to reset the market with Justin Simmons? Probably not because he's not the league's best safety. That's not what I'm sitting here saying. But sometimes, as often, and we were just talking about free agency, you got to overpay a little bit to keep your homegrown talent. A guy like Justin Simmons who's already bet on himself and played on the franchise tag and, 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 and backed it up for a second straight year, I just think that uh, the difference of making them fifth or number one, look, no one's in better position to do it than the Denver Broncos. You can't fiscally turn to, to any factor and say, well, this is why we can't get it done. The Broncos can get it done, and I think they will get it done. And I think the Justin Simmons story is not only just a great one for the Broncos locker room, he's not a great, just a great role model there. If I'm any agent anywhere – that's signing a college kid right now to my agency. I'm pointing to Justin Simmons and saying, look at this. If you do everything right, if you are a stalwart in the community, if you are great in the locker room, if you're great with the media, then when your contract comes up, as long as you played well, the team doesn't really have a choice. You're a fan favorite. The whole locker room is looking to see what the team is going to do when they react to the guy that they say, hey, if you do this, that, and the other thing, we're going to take care of you in the future. Well, everyone in the locker room is looking to say, all right, are you going to back up your word on that? I think every every single agent uh, in the NFL should be telling their, their kids right now, look, this is the blueprint to get paid more than you're worth. Yeah, and, and also it's a message, I think, to – just all of us, um, and not to get too corny here, but 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 good guys can finish first. Mm. And I think you're saying that. With, you don't have to act like Jalen Ramsey when you come in the league. You can keep your head down, stay humble. Like you said, Ryan, do all the right things, play good football first and foremost, and be rewarded. And when George Payton said into a microphone um, on our afternoon drive show, when he said, and I think he said it other places too, when he said, we're not going to let our young players go. When you openly say that, you know what it may cost to bring him back, and that's resetting the market. So I, I, I think that there's a – oddly enough, I think that there's a bit of, like, responsibility for the Broncos to get this done. Yep, yep. And also it sends a message to, to inside the locker room that we will take care of our good players if you do things the right way. Yeah, if not him, then who? Right. Yep. All right, Mace, want to exactly. take us into the final four? Uh, yeah, if we can get the, the graphic up there really quick and uh, find it. All right. On one side of the bracket, you've got, we're going to go on the right-hand side here, hiring George Payton or franchise tagging Simmons. I'm going to say hiring uh, George Payton because the leadership of this organization, I think, is the most massive um, uh, factor or variable in the Broncos' trajectory. The Broncos forever had been 
the face of stability in the National Football League. I remember Colin Coward used to call them the Pittsburgh Steelers of the Mountain Time Zone. That's how it was forever. And now the Broncos are the worst post-Super Bowl team in the history of the National Football League. And I think I think it's very, very naive to separate their stunted trajectory for the first time. They're, you know, how, how, how many years did you say, oh, the Broncos have had more Super Bowls than uh, losing seasons or Super Bowl appearances and losing seasons? No back-to-back losing seasons since 1972. And then all of a sudden, an avalanche of slippage of culture, losing games, a total nonsense happens when there's no one on watch, you know, and forever that was Pat Bowlen. And I think John Elway, it wasn't all bad, um, but it was absolutely time uh, for something new. And the something new, it's not going to work just because it's new. It's got to be a, a high level of execution. And again, I'm betting on the George Payton work ethic. He's at the highest level of the organization that we have. Typically, it's an owner, but we don't. there's not an owner here. So George Payton, the mantle of responsibility for this franchise, is laying at his feet, and he's got a tall task to pull off because the Broncos have been in the depths and the muck and the mire of the NFL. Another 5-11 and 11 season, another time we were picking in the top 10. They have to get this right with the George Payton hire. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And now, Zach, I'm curious to see if we got a big upset coming our way. One seed re-signing Shelby Harris going up five seed second round tenders for Alexander Johnson and Tim Patrick. Who takes this one? Oh, my goodness. Oh, um, oh Lordy. Uh, two is better than one. Give me the, uh, nice. uh, the second round tender uh, of Patrick. And Johnson, here's why. Tim Patrick, first of all, these guys are both very cheap, and they're starters, and they're good starters. 2019 Pro Football Focus said Tim Patrick is a top 50 player in the league, not at his position, uh, or excuse me, uh, Alexander Johnson, uh, in the league. And he he didn't quite have the same season in 2020, but I still think a rock-solid starter. And Tim Patrick, guys, by God, I still think this kid is underrated. I would look out there in, in this past season, and if you change, and I remember tweeting this one Sunday, if you change the name on the back of the jersey to Sutton, I wouldn't have been able to tell the difference. Tim Patrick is a really, really good football player who I think, you know, I, I didn't like the, the um, nothing against the person himself, but I didn't like the drafting of KJ Hamler because I thought the combination of Jerry, Judy, Cortland, Sutton, and Tim Patrick, I mean, just massive receivers that are uh, uh, it's it, Tim Patrick's reliable. Like Tim Patrick's reliability rating. If he was like an Uber driver is like 4.9 out of five, uh, no drops this past season. He also contributes on special teams. I remember interviewing that kid in his very first training camp with the Broncos four years ago. And he had this massive tattoo that said NFL, like the NFL shield on his arm, like from his elbow to his shoulder. I'm like, you got to tell me about this tattoo. And he goes, he goes, for me, it's the NFL or nothing. And he's gone about his business with that still in mind. He plays with a desperation. I, I love And think about how Alexander Johnson and Tim Patrick got to the Broncos. Both bizarre routes, right? Alexander Johnson, his own like legal thing. And he gets signed to a future contract. And then he's a starting linebacker, an impactful one. And Tim Patrick, he was hurt at Utah never really got to showcase his talents, ends up in training camp and balls out. And, you know, I I root for the blue-collar guys, 
And Shelby Harris has gone about his business the same way too. Don't get me wrong. Cut four times by the Raiders, cut by the Jets, and and had to earn his way. But uh, because there's two starters on the one side, give me the two. Man, I didn't think I could be more sold on Alexander Johnson and Tim Patrick, but you just did it there, Zach. <laughs> yeah, and, and Tim Patrick, man, is one of those players, and it's honestly a big part of my disappointment in the Philip Lindsay move, is Phil's a dog, and you need dogs. And Tim Patrick is also absolutely a dog. And and so, you know, you have that. I just I, – I think it's one of the problems with the Broncos. They don't have enough guys like that. Uh, and that's a, one of the re- – you know, not to make everything come back to Phil, but that's one of the reasons why I'm disappointed in that move because I think it takes a little bit of your edge away. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And you talk about dog. You know what one of my first memories of Tim Patrick was? It was when the Chicago Bears, Vic Fangio's Bears, were here in a joint practice uh, three or four years ago. Uh, and a fight broke out, and Tim Patrick was one of the first guys to jump in and start just defending his teammates, and he got kicked out of that practice, Mm -hmm. but I think he set a tone that like, yo, nope, I'm not the one, and we're not the ones, and uh, now he needs to control himself at the same time because he did punch someone in the face during a game this past year. You just can't punch people in the face during (laughs) NFL games, Um, but, but, but I like his DNA, that it's you want to know what screw you I'm gonna chew your throat out if you try to try me or try us and I yeah, think yeah. that fight in training camp sorry Mace I think that fight in training camp started on a special teams drill which is just uh, which just illuminates Tim Patrick even more you know like we we've talked about you know sometimes the, the guys aren't even paying attention to the special right. teams coach right if you're passionate enough about a special teams drill that a fight's breaking out you're you're my kind of guy. Oh, he was he was making Brock Olivo proud back then. <laughs> hey, maybe he needed twenty-two Tim Patrick's, not twenty-two Danos. The other thing about Patrick, real quick, is that in a lot of in some ways he might be an incredibly valuable piece because let's say the Broncos get into Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Tim Patrick is so good that you can afford to include Sutton or Judy in that deal because Patrick is a very good wide receiver too, who could be very affordable on a contract after this year. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. And he is, you mentioned wide receiver too. He absolutely is. And sometimes, Mm -hmm. and I know like, because he's not drafted, you know, you don't want to come across like you're like a a Tim Patrick stand, but some days he looks like a number one, like he's really, really good at football. And I think that, you know, studies have shown that, um, our initial impressions when we have a first impression on someone uh, it's really, really hard for us to change our mind and to be pliable, whether it's admitting someone is not up to snuff. So like take Jerry Judy, we come in as like, this guy's going to be the truth. This guy's going to be the real deal. And it didn't go according to plan. And sometimes we have to like do mental gymnastics, like of why it's not working. And with Tim Patrick, it's like the expectations were zilch and he keeps on making plays and making plays. And sometimes it takes us as human beings to just be like, hold on a second, hold on a second. If an alien came down and didn't know who was who, they'd say, man, that kid Tim Patrick, he must have been a second-round draft pick. He is awesome. It's like, no, that's not the case. So we got to be flexible with how we view these guys. Great point. Mm -hmm. All right, let's let's go to the championship round here, the final matchup. Hiring George Payton versus the second-round tenders. Oh man, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go because of what I I said before. The direction of this organization is so vital. 
guys, the Broncos being good is not a birthright. And it felt like that for a very, very long time. I've, I've said this. I, I, this is coming from someone who lived a Buffalo Bills existence, okay? I might as well have been tied up and whipped in the center of the town square, okay? Uh, the Broncos fan base has been living a charmed existence. And these past couple years, you have seen the reality of what other franchises have gone through. It's not a, it's not a right to get it right. And George Payton's hire... And I've said this on the radio countless times. I am not concerned about the speed in which the Broncos are moving to get back to relevancy. I'm more concerned about the actual direction and the hiring of George Payton and him uh, having to execute this role for the first time. I don't think you can overstate the importance of it. Everything matters. Everything matters from a cultural building standpoint to a drafting standpoint to hiring the right coaches standpoint to getting it right in free agency. The Broncos have messed all that up. Everything I just said in the last four to five years, the culture, the drafting, the hiring of coaches, it's it's been a disaster. And that this is why we're living in the existence uh, of the worst stretch of NFL football that the Broncos have ever had. And if that's going to change, it's going to be because, not because that Tim Patrick works out or you know uh, Alexander Johnson continues to be a, a, a really good linebacker, the trajectory of the franchise, it, it, you can't boil it down to a linebacker or a D lineman. It's about organizational uh, 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 at the top. And that's where George Payton sits. So for me, man, this is so important. This is, this is the wind that is going to push the Broncos in the right direction. And God, I just, I just hope that they get it right. Well, you're, you're so, you're so right, Zach. And, and on top of just how powerful he is being the most powerful football person in the organization, this is a guy that you have never heard one thing about in a bad way. It's everything is good. Everything is this guy got to choose where he wanted to go. And the Broncos were honestly selling him of this job that they didn't, George didn't have to sell him to the Broncos. And and so the fact the Broncos landed him, I, I totally agree with you that this is the most important move this year. And also, for the Broncos future for the next decade. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. And and something that I think we need to keep in mind, um, we want everything microwaved in this society. We want it now. Michael Jordan's the greatest basketball player of all time, and he missed more shots than he made. GMs, it's not going to be perfect. He's not going to get everything right. John Snyder in Seattle doesn't get everything right. Bill Belichick, widely considered the greatest coach of all time, oftentimes seems like he has two left feet in the GM role. It's not going to be perfect with George Payton. We have to make sure that these moves that he makes are going to be puzzle pieces put on the table. And hopefully after two or three years, there's enough puzzle pieces of good that the 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 reality of his good hire comes into focus through those puzzle pieces. But Ronald Darby might not work out. It, 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 it might not work, but you, you've got to hope that, um, you know, much like in baseball or field goal percentage in basketball, you get enough right uh, or maybe more than, than, than most uh, to, to, to pull it off and get this thing back on track. So I want to show George Payton a lot of grace. It's very early in the process. I have to remind myself of the patience factor because I want it. I want it now. NFL, you can turn and burn quick. But this is a two- to three-year almost like when you draft a player and you want to give him a grade after his rookie season. It doesn't work like that. You need two or three years to figure out whether this guy uh, was the right pick or not. And uh, I think the same is going to be true for, for George Payton. 
awesome stuff. Really appreciate you coming on with us for 45 minutes. That's awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, and uh, I want to, uh, you know, plug your show because I think it's a really great show. Stokely and Zach, 104.3 The Fan, uh, noon to three every day. Is that correct? I don't want to mess up. Yeah, that's up. it. Okay, that's all right. It. Just making sure. Uh, I, I, like, I scared myself when I said it. I'm like, don't screw this up. Uh, and, and, you know, just to pump up Zach a little bit, when you listen to him uh, talk on this show, like, I think one of the big problems in radio is a lot of guys, it's an amazing gig, and a lot of guys think, like, oh, my job is to show up from noon to three and just talk or whatever their time slot is. But when you listen to Zach talk on this show or his show, you can tell that he actually does the prep, does the – you know, gets ready for the show, comes with knowledge. He's not sitting there like trying to look up a stat. He just knows it because he prepares for his show. And I think that's one of the reasons why you you put on a great show every day. No, uh, I appreciate it, man. It, it means a lot coming from you. You know, I respect all you guys, May, Zach, and, and RK. And uh, you guys got a good thing going. I made it clear I'm, I'm rooting for you guys. And I, I just uh, appreciate you having me on and kind of cross-blending our, our audiences. So keep up the great work, man. And I'm at your beck and call anytime you guys want to have me back. All right, man. Yeah, Thanks. Exactly. Maybe, this is uh, too cool. Maybe yeah. come catch some uh, some March Madness at the bar this weekend. Hey, that's a good idea. I might have to bounce that off the uh, the 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 wife here Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> all right, all right. Have a great day, Zach. Right. Thanks so much, Zach. Oh, there there he was, Zach. By so uh, so thankful to have him on. I thought he was really great. Um, and he he pointed like this is why it's so great to have guests on because you know they just bring different perspectives, and I love how into Tim Patrick he was like that was a great thing there but one thing that I just couldn't get off my mind is he started rattling off like all the things that have gone wrong over the last couple years and just like the little things um the Jerry Judy tweets the Melvin Gordon DUIs the the PED suspensions the guys punching people on the field and like I don't I just hadn't heard it listed like that and it's just rattling around my head and you know what I keep coming back to guys is Death by inches. Yep. That might be the single most disappointing part of the Vic Fangio era so far is he came in with this motto and it, and it stuck to him and he said it that first day and it's never going to leave him because he did. And I can't get it out of my head now that it's just like, while he did help with penalties because this team was a, was really bad when it comes to penalties. And that's more to me, that's more death by yards than it is death by inches. I don't know if he's fixed the death by inches problem at all. In fact, when I heard that rattled off like that, I'm like, did it get worse? Right. Uh, well, when- and, and and it's on the field too, Ryan. It's it's pen. It's timeouts and and game management. It's things that he can control as well. And then also some other things that players were doing. It wasn't just Tim Patrick punching someone. You had Michael Ojemudia punching someone last year too. Uh, you you have those things that have been going on. And I thought what Zach did was give a great restart of just where George Payton is taking this team over uh, and, and why the Broncos aren't going out and spending $40 million in cap space on the very first day of free agency is because this team isn't, uh, you know, four $10 million players away or two $20 million away. Uh, I thought Zach did a great job of just giving us a refresher, a reset to remind us just where this team is. And the other thing, I mean, Payton is clearly, I think, uh, uh, viewing things through, his own lens and what's his first impression of this team and a lot of these guys. The first impression is seeing firsthand this team blowing a 20 nothing lead in Minnesota back in 2019. Uh, Certainly I think the first impression helped Shelby Harris because he had three sacks that day, 
But I think that first impression is also hurting the estimation of some guys in Peyton's eyes. I mean, it helps Cortland Sutton because we, we saw him in the in the Broncos video watching the film of Sutton from that game in Minnesota and being impressed. It could help a guy like Tim Patrick, but it's going to hurt some others. Maybe hurt the team, uh, the team at large in terms of how he perceives him. Yeah, um, it's uh that was that was illuminating. That was illuminating. I, I'm going to have a hard time getting over this death by inches thing. It's uh, that that's a tough a tough thing to swallow when well, it comes been to, dying, the, to the Vic Fangio area. And when they then they get blown out so often, they die by yards sometimes too. Yeah. yeah. Um. And, and, and but I do think that that's why George Payton being uh, hired deserved to win the bracket. You know. Um. I knew right off the bat as soon as Zach said he thought maybe they overpaid a little bit for Shelby Harris, that that was going to win because, you know, you can make a case for Shelby Harris, I think. Um, and I think that's a great move. And we've talked about that all week uh, as to why. And, and, you know, for me, the most, the biggest thing is you, uh, you've got, you got to beat the chiefs at, at some point. And to me, I think he's a really big part of that. So if there is the next great Denver Broncos team, well, it's going to involve beating the chiefs. Um, and to me, got to be able to, got to be able to beat the chiefs. And I think he's a big part of that. But in the end, as soon as I heard him, like not in love with that move, I was like, oh, George Payton's going to win this bracket, um, as the two seed. And, and maybe, uh, he was under by the committee. But I love it. I love it because that's going to happen, guys. Starting tomorrow, we're going to see that in March Madness. Uh, we're going to see a decent amount of underdogs win. Hopefully, it's just not a, a 12 underdog in Georgetown. And because I love me some DraftKings, I, I just saw this today. Um, and I think it's it's a great – it's a really cool thing. So you can actually bet on – first of all, this one's boosted. You can bet on any 12 seed to win. Now, I cross my fingers and hope it's not Georgetown. Um, but, you know, uh, maybe there's an emotional hedge involved there. Um, it's minus 125. That's boosted up from, like, minus 400 for any 12 seed to win uh, win a game this weekend. That's a really good deal. But then I noticed you can actually bet on all of those. Um, you can bet on any 13 seed to win, any th- uh, 14 seed to win. You can also bet on any 14, 15, or 16 seed to win. And I just looked at that. I'm like, oh, this is going to make watching – uh, March Madness way more fun. You know, you'll be rooting for all the 16s, all the 15s, all the 14s, and have a um, have a stake in it. So uh, check them out. Uh, that wasn't even an ad. That was just me thinking about upsets and, you know, that cl- clouding my mind right now. Well, but- Ryan, some- something that you've got to love too, because it was my pick of the week yesterday, and I loved it so much. You can pick teams to make it to the Elite Eight, make it mm-hmm. make it to the Sweet 16, make it to the Final Four, and, of course, your odds improve every round they go. And I just couldn't believe that Alabama, as a two-seed, was getting plus money being a two-seed to make the Elite Eight. They're considered one of the best eight teams, and you get plus money. You get plus 150 if they go to the Elite Eight. That's uh... You in Alabama. It's always Alabama. <laughs> of course it is. No surprise here. <laughs> Both um, of us had Alabama picks in the pick of the week yesterday. Interesting. We, no. we like Alabama. I like Alabama. They're a good team. Hey, there we go. Roll Tide, guys. Hey. Loving the vibes today. Roll Tide. They're, well, Roll tide. they're, they're a well-coached team. That's the thing. I mean, Nate Oates is doing a hell of a job, just like he did up at Buffalo. And, uh, you know, that – a great deal of foresight for Alabama. And that's a program in basketball that has long been a sleeping giant should be a lot better than it has been. They've gone to the tournament more, far more often than not over the last 40 years, but they've never converted into a final four appearance. 
on my bracket, I've got that changing this year. I love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. And guys, something else that I think we can all get behind is what Manscaped is doing. They're doing something very cool with this testicular cancer society because one man every hour, every day is diagnosed with testicular cancer. And at Manscaped, they are saving balls. This means not only designing the right tools for the family jewels, but raising awareness for the ball busting disease, which is the most common form of, of cancer among men ages 15 to 35, 15 to 35 guys. So that means you need to get checked whether you're 15 whether you're 50 you need to go get checked and that's what manscapes initiative is about make sure to go get checked and then on top of that grab a lawnmower 3.0 and use the code dnvr to save 20 percent plus free shipping and help the proceeds go toward the testicular cancer society and if you buy the performance package and crop mops today they'll contribute to the we save balls initiative so use that code dnvr over at manscape to get 20 percent off your purchase and free shipping and every purchase in the month of March goes toward the testicular cancer society. Awesome. Good stuff, Zach. And of course, what else is good stuff is Strava craft coffee, because sometimes you need a jolt in the morning. I could have used a jolt this morning and there's no better way to do it than with Strava craft coffee. And guess what? They're offering a 25% off code to our listeners. So for all of you who use that magical code DMVR 20, Forget about that. Go with DNVR25 and get 25% off. And also, if you want to have those savings last a long time, get a Strava Craft Coffee subscription. Subscribe now and get 20% off. Of course, that DNVR25, it's a one-time only code. If you subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee, you can save 20% off Strava forever. And you have the option of getting your coffee every two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, six weeks, or eight weeks. You know what? You might be working from home right now. And, you know, if you were going to the office, you'd have the coffee the coffee maker. You'd be hanging out by the water cooler. You don't have that. You, so you choose your own coffee at home. Get some of that CBD-infused Strava Craft coffee. If you're dealing with chronic headaches, if you're dealing with joint pains, IBS, any number of, of, of issues, Strava Craft Coffee and that CBD can help. And you know what? No coffee jitters. You want three, four cups a day, you get some CBD, you get that coffee wake up. It's going to make you feel good. And if you're in Denver, if you go by the DMVR bar, we should always do if you can. Try some of the cold brew from Strava. It's on tap at the DMVR bar. So check out Strava Craft Coffee. And remember, use that magical code DMVR25 for 25% off or get a subscription and get 20% off every order for life Strava craft coffee. All right. And we are going to here uh, bring in our challenger in the red zone today here in a second. And the way that he joined this was right in the members discord. Um, so we have the DNVR lounge, um, which is a members only chat room. Uh, where you can hang out and talk Broncos with people all day. Um, we had a little bit of an issue with our original guest, so I went in there and I dropped it in. I said, who wants to come in the red zone today? Well, our guy, Bronco Tiz, was the one who was ready to come in, and so now he gets to enter the red zone. Let's bring him on. Uh, let's see how you do. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? We're doing well. All right, you ready uh, for your for your big moment here? Yeah, I'm I'm ready. Ready to go. Let's right. do this, baby. Good luck, Bronco nice. Tiz. Nice shirt, by the way, Bronco yeah. Tiz. Nice shirt. Feel. Anyway. It's going to be first, tough. Yeah. 
Are you guys ready? First question. Absolutely. Hit me with All right. it. All right. Question number one. Who, and we're and my questions are all recent Broncos history, so the post-Payton era. Question number one, who was the only team that the Broncos beat in a game started by Paxton Lynch? Oh, what? Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Ding, 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 ding. Correct. All right, all right, Tiz, you got to get this one. To, you got to get, you got to beat Zach two out of three here. So you got to get this next one to uh, to stay alive. But we will give you a bonus question uh, for an extra life. That's a new feature here on uh, the red zone. If you lose your first, if you lose in the first round, you get an extra life if you can get a very tough trivia question. But you don't have to go up against Zach. But first, you've got a chance here. So let's see if you can get this next one against Zach. Okay. All right. Question number two. Over the last five seasons, no one had more 100-yard games for the Broncos than Philip Lindsay. Who is second on that list? Jay Anderson? Correct. Oh, let's go. DJ Anderson, 300-yard games in the last five years. Melvin Gordon, two, and that's it. So Philip Lindsay has more than everybody else combined, for the record. That was, that was quick, Bronco Tiz. Yeah. Um, All right. That's true. You're right. Number three in the 2020 NFL draft, 21 running backs were taken. How many of them have more rushing yards than Philip Lindsay over the last three years? So 2018 draft, 32 team draft, 21 running backs taken. How many gained more rushing yards the last three years than Philip Lindsay? Two? Zero. One. Yeah, one. Oh. Saquon Barkley. Saquon oh, Barkley. of course. Wow. Yeah, the number two overall pick. How about that? Yeah. All right, yeah. Tiz. Zach has defeated you, but, mm-hmm. but you have a chance here to redeem yourself if you can get – this next question, right, and then you will move on to the second round. All so right. This is, un- this is unopposed, right? This is unopposed. He doesn't okay. have to. He doesn't have to race anyone to this. Um, you know, there, there's a implied time limit, but it's not defined. All okay. right. This Broncos draft pick holds the school record for field goal percentage on his alma mater's basketball team. So we're talking that college. Drew? What'd you say? Is that Drew Locke? It is not. It is not Drew Locke, unfortunately. Mace, as uh, our resident expert here. Or, or Zach, do you know it? I'll let's start with Zach. Wait, I'm confused. Can you just repeat the question? The question is, this Broncos draft pick also happens to hold the school record for field goal percentage on his college's basketball team. Mm, okay, okay, I see. Boy, college basketball player. Shot 67% from the field. Whew, so got to be a big guy, right? Or he shot like three three baskets his whole career. Tiz, you can jump in here if you uh, if you have a guess based off of my hand. Cortland Sutton! <laughs> it's No, it is not Cortland Sutton. Whoa! Oh, man. Uh, I stumped base! Wow. <laughs> 
Well, you said three three shots, and I thought, well, Cortland didn't play that much. And I don't think it was Murray Jarman, who the Broncos drafted in 1984 out of Clemson. He'd never played football, played basketball. They picked him anyway, I believe, in the 12th round. But uh, he was a guard, so he wasn't going to shoot 67%. So who was it? Any last guesses? Is Even it a current Bronco? No, it is not a current Bronco. Oh, okay. I was thinking current. I, I still can't get it without thinking current. It was Julius Thomas. Ah, mm. yes, of course. Should have thought of the basketball connection there. Yes, yeah, from Portland State or Portland? I can't remember. Portland, Portland, State. State. Portland State. So he wait. He shot. He played four years there, and he shot sixty-seven yep. percent while averaging ten points and like seven rebounds. I mean, I knew wow. he was good. I don't remember him being that good. Wow, that yeah. was <laughs> wow. Very impressive. Oh my from, gosh. Uh, from Julius Thomas. All right, Tiz, before we let you go, I see you got the run Phil run shirt on there. Uh, just your reaction today to the news that Phil will uh, will no longer be a Bronco. It was tough. I'm, I'm going to tell you, tell you the truth. Uh, I, I would support the, the idea of keeping Shermer around, uh, give give Drew Locke another year within the same system. But after this, realizing he couldn't utilize Phil, I'm, I'm saying I'm not as sure that we made the right decision. I mean, a talent like that should have a, have a spot on this team. Couldn't could not agree more. Well, thank you for joining us. Thanks for entering the red zone. It is a tough it's a tough place to come in. Uh, I believe only one challenger has ever actually made it past the first round. So don't hang your head. It's uh, it's called the red zone for a reason. It gets hot in here. Yeah, thank you, Tiz, for joining us. Really, really appreciate it. And I know that Broncos country is feeling your pain, so I really appreciate you coming and talking about that, too. Sounds good. All right. Yeah. See you, Tiz. Thanks, well, boys, uh, another another challenger. Just, you know, we, we, we're, uh, we're having a hard time finding, uh, finding ones that they can beat us on. You know, well, a- Eamon put us to shame, Ryan, you and me, the very first week. And uh, and I think I think we've responded pretty well. All right. I'm going to, as always, finish this by giving Mace the remaining two. I actually had to pull from uh, from your top three um, to uh, or ah. for my top three for you to to give the extra question there. It's got to be a difficult one if you're going to get a free life off of it. So um, here we go. Who was the Broncos' first ever free agent signing? Are we talking about like uh, Plan B? Are we talking about unrestricted free agent? Like unrestricted free first ever unrestricted free agent. So we're talking about 1993, right? Um, Correct. Ooh, (sighs) Rod Bernstein. So he was in the class, right? Was it Brian? Was it Brian Habib? It was not Brian Habib. Okay. It was Don Mags. Ah. And the reason why he is notable is because he was signed to help fortify the Broncos' tackle position. It was a problem for them at the time, um, but it didn't work. Um, he got injured. He wasn't playing very well. And so the Broncos had to go down another path. Of course, that path was trading for Gary Zimmerman. Um, so it was Don Mags not working out that led to the Broncos getting Gary Zimmerman. Uh, and, of course, he was a big part of the Super Bowl run. So would you say successful free agent signing if it turned into Gary Zimmerman? You know, the Broncos' first free agency was not a very good one. 
No, well, that's true. Well, I guess this is kind of the same question as was Tim Tebow a good draft pick? Because not only did he get you to the playoffs and obviously all the excitement there, but he led to Peyton Manning. It's a, it's a, you can make that case. There'll be plenty of people who try to fight you on that, but you can make it. It's really interesting to look back at those initial free agent classes in the 1990s, because when you see the moves teams made and what they paid for guys early in those years, nobody had a clue what they were doing in terms of having proper value for guys. I mean, really, uh, you know, you, the one you think about that worked out wonderfully uh, for the team and transformed the team that year was Reggie White and Green Bay. And, I mean, that still reverberates because you needed one guy to kind of – because before free agency started, there was a lot of fear that, that no black player was going to want to go to Green Bay, Wisconsin. That if they, you know, players had the choice to go, they, you know, a lot of guys wouldn't go to Green Bay. Reggie White kind of slammed open that door and was transformative for that franchise. It also helped that they had Brett Favre in the building, a young Brett Favre developing. But if you, if you like, a lot of teams missed in those early classes, but Green Bay had a hit that really continues to make them viable to this day in terms of establishing that it's a place that guys want to go. Which, 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 going into that whole process, people thought Green Bay as a franchise might die because of free agency that they might never win. Wow. Reminds me players, of when I, yeah, players might players might get drafted, play out their contracts, and always leave and never come back. It reminds me of when I went yeah. around and asked all the dudes at the combine. I just read off thirty-two teams and said, mm-hmm. "Tell me the first thing that comes to your mind." And almost <laughs> everyone, when I said Green Bay, said cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder what someone else would say. I guess cheese maybe is something that come to their mind. You could say like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, uh, no one's saying that. All right. Yeah, you're uh, definitely not, Zach. You teed me up for it. Oh, we're sticking on the theme of the Broncos' first free agent class here. As I mentioned, mm-hmm. it wasn't a very good class, but there was one member of that free agency class who was with the Broncos when they finally won the Super Bowl. Who was that? I, I think I tossed out his name earlier. It's Brian Habib, who start who started in Super Bowl thirty two, and that was that was the last game he played. He moved on to Seattle right after that in free agency. Uh, got one more big score, but Habib, like Gary Zimmerman, who came a few months later, a former Minnesota Viking, who came over to to to, Den- to Denver. So they had basically forty percent of the line that was ex Vikings. You know, kind of shades of George Payton today, and bringing in Mike Boone. Guys going from Minnesota to Denver. It's worked out before. Mace, I thought you would appreciate my tweet yesterday where uh, Benjamin Albright said he's going to have a tough time winning over the fans. And I said, don't worry, Mike. Mm-hmm. They're saying Boone. Yeah. <laughs> Boone. <laughs> Boone. He, hey, he, the dude can hit. Did you see that clip that I posted last night? Yes. Uh, when he when he uh when he blew up uh, uh the the return and hit in Houston earlier this year, I mean that that's why he's there, and that that it's an interesting thing. I know people are kind of looking at the at fill out Mike Boone in officially within twenty four hours and saying, okay, well that money that basically Boone is replacing Phil. It's a, there's a better chance, guys, that Boone is replacing Royce Freeman in that mix because that you get down to that third running back. It's got to be a guy who's really good on special teams to justify that spot on the game day active roster. I think effectively Phil's replacement is, as we talked about earlier, it's coming very early in the draft. 
Yeah, I think so too. And guys, Boone is explosive uh, as a running back. You can see some bursts that he's had. Hasn't had many opportunities, but he's had a few explosive bursts. And then also as a special teamer. And like you showed on Twitter last night, Macy, he's explosive in that. Uh, And obviously it's going to be a very difficult time for him to live up to Philip Lindsay and, and everyone's going to at least initially connect him with Philip Lindsay. So it's going to be really tough for him at first. Uh, but just like you said, Macy, you have to realize what he is right now. He, you're not bringing him in to be, you know, a full-time starter. If, if Melvin Gordon doesn't resign with the Broncos after this, you know, that that's not it at all. He's a second, third string running back in a special team stud. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it, 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 I do get the feeling, though, a little bit that George Payton really wanted him. And I think, you know, they have two really good running backs in front of him there in, mm-hmm. in Minnesota. And I kind of think when he got to Denver, he said, hey, look, you know, when they're talking about Philip Lindsay, he said, hey, look, we've got this guy in Minnesota who they're not going to hold on to. Um, he is really explosive. I like him a lot. He can contribute on special teams. And I think we can get him cheaper just keep that in mind, you know, as we go through these, this process. And I don't think, like you guys said, it's a one-for-one replacement. But I also think that, that George Payton believes he's good enough that they don't have to be desperate for a running back. Yeah, and that that could very well be the case. Look, when when he has given been given opportunities, he averages five point three yards per carry over his career. And again, not a ton of carries. The, the he started two games in his career, and one of the games that he started, he ran for one hundred and forty eight yards on eight point seven yards per carry and had a touchdown. Not too bad. Yeah. Very impressive. But then two out of his three seasons, he's only had 11 carries. <laughs> yep, exactly. Just not given the opportunities because, like you said, not only do you have Dalvin, but you have uh, Alexander ahead of him there, too, in Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. I felt like there was something else I wanted to say, but I forgot what it was. Um, I do want to say to check out Green Mountain Dental Group, which is the best damn family-owned dentist group in the metro area. A lot of the DNVR family has gone over there. I don't. I don't know if it's just like, dentist season recently but uh, Michaela's been there Brandon's been there of course Allie got her wisdom teeth out recently uh, and everyone just raves about the way that they treat you over there um, you know Allie described it to me as like um, a mechanic like once you have one that you trust you just feel really comfortable you, you're not like dreading uh, trying to get your car fixed because you think they're going to screw you over or, you, or something's going to go wrong or anything like that like once you have a dentist that you trust just makes you feel a lot more comfortable. It's not always fun to think about people messing around with your mouth. Um, but at Green Mountain Dental Group, they'll make you feel comfortable there. They'll treat you like family. They're part of the DNVR family just like you. So make sure you check them out. And, of course, when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, they'll hook you up with the free Sonicare toothbrush. And somewhere else that everyone at DNVR has been going, uh, just around the past 10 days, has been Gabby Insurance. Because what Gabby Insurance does is they look at every single insurance quote out there, uh, and they give you the best price that's out there. So make sure to check them out. Get at Gabby.com slash Denver. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash D-N-V-I. Uh, and what you do, it takes five minutes, put in some basic information and they pull quotes from over 40 different insurance companies and give you the best quote. And I kid you not within the past 24 hours, our company Slack, we've had people saying, Gabby's going to save me $380 a year. We've had someone say they're going to save me $470 a year. That's just how competitive they are. And an awesome thing about it, guys, like I said, it takes five minutes, no more than 10 minutes. And they also don't take your information that you put 
seven and sell it to other people. I did this 10 days ago. Haven't got one spam email, one spam phone call. So all of your information is safe. And literally, it takes five minutes for you to save $300, $400. So make sure to check them out. Gabby.com slash DNVR. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash DNVR to save under and make sure you also check out Zoom Care because uh, just kind of like Gabby as well, Zoom's going to make things easier for you. And in this case, we're talking about healthcare and seeing your doctor. The one thing we can take away from pandemic is the ability to do more things from the comfort of our own home. You don't like sitting in the doctor's office. You don't even like going to the doctor, but you need to take care of yourself, right? So check out Zoom Care. So basically what this is, is you take a trip to the doctor, you do it from your couch you can see here and chat with your doctor just like a traditional office visit you can get secure access to urgent primary and special specialist care including mental health and zoom's video care guess what it's covered by most private insurers usually with a copay so you don't have to worry about getting your wallet hit by this so check out zoomcare.com to get started at z-o-o-m-c-a-r-e.com a few things are better than taking care of your health while doing it right there in your home. So check out zoomcare.com, Z O O M C A R E.com. And you may never sit in a doctor's office again because you may be able to take care of all of that right there from home. Zoomcare.com. I actually used Zoomcare recently mm-hmm. and my God, it was amazing. Um, you know, it, it only took about, and if you think about it, when you go to the doctor's office, you only end up talking to the doctor for what, 15 minutes. But most, yeah. you drive yeah. to the doctor's office, you wait in the waiting room, you know, it ends up being an hour, two hour, you know, experience for me. I literally set my appointment, showed up in the, in to the zoom call, uh, right when my time came up, the doctor was there. We talked for, I believe it was like 13 minutes and 30 seconds. I got what I needed and I was done. Then, you Boom. know, I, you just it, saved an hour or two. Exactly. Then. To save even more time, then if you need to follow up on something, you can use their chat function and you you hop in. Someone's right there. You say, "Hey, uh, uh I ha- my you know Walgreens doesn't have my prescription ready yet." They're like, "Oh, that's really weird, but we'll make sure we'll get that." And then you know they message you back. We just called it in. They said it'll be ready in two hours. It's like it's so painless. It's it's uh it's really great. I highly recommend it. Man, taking a painful situation of going to the doctors and making it painless sounds pretty nice. It's really, it is really nice. Uh, anyways, Zach, why don't you tee up what we got here for the final segment? All right, guys. I know it's early, but let's talk about some Cinderella stories. Maybe this is in honor of Philip Lindsay, guys. Today, Phil uh, leaving the Broncos. We we can reflect back on what he was able to do because, guys, he was really the ultimate Cinderella story, not just being an undrafted free agent. But let's take it further back, going to CU, and then let's go even further back, go to South High School, and just the absolute Cinderella story that he had up until now in his career in Colorado as a football player and, of course, with the Broncos. So let's project who the next Cinderella story is, guys. Who is that going to be on the Denver Broncos? Maybe it starts in 2021, but Cinderella stories don't typically happen overnight, so it can be a little long, a, 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 tip, a, a further outlook as well. Who do you think? I can go first here. Um, go ahead. Zach By has me completely and utterly sold on Tim Patrick. Um, oh. You know, I've always been a fan of Tim Patrick. Um, and I actually do remember some of my conversations with him at his first 
training camp and just thinking like, man, this guy has really been through the ringer. Um, and then, you you know, you hear what Zach said of that NFL tattoo and his attitude of it's NFL or nothing for me. He He's this close to making it in the NFL. And, and of course, he's already proved, you know, all of the projections about him wrong. But he's one step away from truly making it in the NFL, just like Shelby Harris just did uh, in getting that big contract. And I think if he has a year, anything like last year, next year, he is absolutely going to cross that threshold. And his ceiling in terms of the amount of money he can earn next year, and, and who knows what his opportunities will look like, but he'll get enough because he's a good enough player too. He continues to not drop the football. He continues to produce. He continues to catch touchdowns. We're talking about, I think, similar money to what Shelby Harris just got. Nine, ten million dollars is not out of the question for Tim Patrick at all. I think that would be a great, you know, end to his Cinderella story, or at least next chapter in his Cinderella story. Well, the one thing though about uh, Patrick getting a contract like that is that there are so many receivers coming in on a year-to-year basis, and we're seeing how the wide receiver market is kind of depressed right now because teams know they can fill that need in the draft. So maybe you don't even have to pay as much as you paid for Shelby Harris. But re-signing him, if he has another big season, it's something the Broncos should think about. And like I mentioned earlier, his he might have value because you have such depth at wide receiver, and Tim Patrick has become a huge part of that, that if you make a trade for Deshaun Watson, you can trade a guy at the top of your depth chart and know that, you're still going to have a wide receiver one because you have both Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. And then Tim Patrick just slides in right as a second wide receiver. And someone like if like Deshaun Watson, the Broncos trade for him. I don't think it would take Deshaun Watson long to fall in love with Phil, with, with Tim Patrick, pardon me, because literally Tim Patrick did not drop a ball last season. And yeah, that, and that is, and that's all about his work ethic. I mean, he, he told the story about how he'd work with Mark Fuse, and Fuse would actually throw him passes, not the jugs, because the jugs will give you a consistent ball, and it's just kind of muscle memory. Fuse would throw him passes, would throw some outside, up top, down, you know, at, you know, make him make him work for it, make him adjust for the ball, and that's a big part of why you talk about Tim Patrick being the guy who didn't drop a pass last year. Well, and also if it is Tim Patrick uh, being the Cinderella story with the Broncos, it would truly be a Cinderella story because that would probably mean if he's getting a long-term deal here with the Broncos, it means he, you know, stepped over uh, Jerry Judy or a Cortland Sutton uh, or a KJ Hamler, because it's just hard to see Cortland Sutton, you know, showing that Pro Bowl uh, caliber type of play again this year, Jerry Judy taking another big step up and KJ Hamler taking a big step up, but the Broncos deciding to pay Tim Patrick again. So that would mean that you know with the Cinderella story that he overcame someone as well or of course he could always be the Cinderella story somewhere else which very well may be the case if these other guys develop so Ryan I I like that one a lot Mace do you know who yours is yeah um oh Calvin Anderson if Jawan James gets hurt right now Calvin Anderson's the next man up and yes the Broncos could take a developmental tackle as you get late in day two and the day three of the draft. But Calvin Anderson has been working under Mike Munchak for the better part of the last two seasons. Uh, he made a decent acquittal of himself uh, when he had to go out there and play. Not spectacular, but didn't get embarrassed. Looked like a guy playing his first his first games, but showing some potential as a swing tackle. I think 
at minimum, he gives you the luxury of not having to bring Elijah Wilkinson back, uh, but also has the intelligence to develop into somebody who could be a pretty solid starting tackle. So if Jawan James deals with injuries, as he has in some past years, wouldn't surprise me if Calvin Anderson stepped in, did very well, and did it quietly. Yeah, I would like that like that a lot and can see that as well. Mace, I thought you were going to take mine because you mentioned a backup offensive lineman. Mm. Wasn't on the path line. It's good for the Broncos that they have a lot of candidates. I'm going Natani Muti, guys, Ooh. because uh, Natani, of course, overlooked in the draft last year because of an extensive injury history. But what did he do last year? He showed that he could stay healthy, although he didn't play a lot. But in practice, he, he stayed healthy an entire year and when he got in and played, it was fantastic for how good he was for it being his NFL debut. And then he went in because of an injury to Graham Glasgow in front of him. When Graham was healthy again, the coaches wouldn't just say, nope, Natani's the backup. We're, we're not playing him. They said, we may still try to get him on the field because we liked him that much. And that, to me, was huge. Now, they didn't get him on the field, but that, to me, says, okay, whether if Graham Glasgow gets hurt this year, guys, and Natani steps in, there's a chance with this being potentially Graham's last year with the team because dead money really frees up next year that they wouldn't put Graham back in if Natani was balling just like he was last year. Or if Lloyd Cushenberry struggles, we already know that there's been talks about getting Graham uh, ready to play center and move Lloyd Cushenberry, put him to the bench, move Graham inside. And then if you're doing that, Natani's the guy that's stepping up. And he is a second round, potentially even first round talent last year that slid to injury. Injuries would not surprise me at all if he has a very good NFL career, barring injuries, of course. The Broncos deserve one of those, right? An injury guy who actually works out. <laughs> right, because they haven't uh, really hit in draft or in free agency. Yeah, but one of the guys that did hit is literally, literally a Hall of Famer, and that's Terrell Davis. So you basically have Terrell Davis who you know kind of makes up for a lot of misses because you literally found a, a guy who could be on your Mount Rushmore who was only available because he dropped due to injury. Yeah, this is kind of like how the Broncos had to sell their soul to get Peyton Manning, and now we're yeah. paying the price for it. Do <laughs> yeah. they, they have to sell their soul for uh, Terrell Davis to become a league and Super Bowl MVP? <laughs> you might, have, might, you might well, think that. With running backs, not not really, because after they, they didn't find their Terrell Davis, but they were just cranking out 1,000-yard rushers. I mean, that, heck, guys, this this move with Philip Lindsay, the very Mike Shanahan move uh, in a way of saying, 1,000 yards, thank you for that. Oh, another 1,000-yard season, thank you for that. Oh, one year without it, bye-bye. Well, the other thing is, like, you look at Broncos running back history and you know some of the best guys the last 25 years, maybe they didn't drop because of injury. They were just kind of unheralded, but... You talk about Terrell Davis, Mike Anderson, Orlando Gary. They were uh, late round picks, what would be day three today. And then, of course, we just had Philip Lindsay that we've talked about earlier with the Broncos. C.J. Anderson was undrafted. The, the Broncos have had arguably the best luck in the league at finding guys later in the draft or outside of the draft at the running back position. And it's not that the, the early round picks haven't done well. No, Sean Moreno eventually figured it out. Clinton Portis might've broken every Bronco rushing record if they had not traded him for champ Bailey. But with all the success in the late rounds and the undrafted pool, why go elsewhere? If you're the Broncos, that's, that seems to be where the value is. 
Yeah. I want to finish here with one last thought on Philip Lindsay. Well, actually, uh, it might be more than one last thought. But <laughs> I think there's a lot of people out there, uh, you know, all for lack of a better term, I'll call them Philip Lindsay haters who are saying, hey, you know, you wouldn't feel this way if you didn't go to see you or, or something along. If he wasn't fr- from Colorado, you know, and to me, it's it's very it, like it. CU is one great part of the Philip Lindsay story. But to me, it's the entirety of the story that really made him connect with the Broncos fans and Broncos fans connect with him. You know, so much of team pride stems from city pride. And it's not that way for everyone, but it is for a lot of people. You know, you love Denver. You grew up in Colorado. You love Colorado. You love the Broncos. And it's very rare to have someone on your team who's had that same experience as you. Philip Lindsay grew up in Denver. He grew up a Broncos fan. He always wanted to play for the Broncos. He dominates at Denver South High School. He goes to Colorado and has a great career despite, you know, the doubts on him because he tore his ACL his senior year of high school. And then he ends up on the Broncos. And it's just like, for fans, that's a dream. Your guy, he's your guy. He he feels the same way that you do. And I often talk about how players it would it would disappoint a lot of fans to find out that some players don't care as much as they do there are a lot of players who after a loss they're laughing they're joking it off while you're at home like in shambles and philip Lindsay is the opposite of that this guy lives and dies with every play he cares about the broncos he took so much pride in putting on the uniform and so that is why fans are upset today it's not because he was a buff that's a great part of the Philip Lindsay story. That's when really a lot of people got to know who Philip Lindsay is, what he's about. So that, of course, accelerated the love for him. But it's it's not about him being a CU guy. It's about him him being one of us and then becoming a Bronco. And it's just it's not fun for fans to find out that, oh, well, you know, the quote unquote business side of things broke up this relationship. When, in my opinion, it's bad business as well, you know. To bring up a stat here, running backs with at least 2,500 yards on at least 4.8 yards per carry the last three years. Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Christian McCaffrey, Philip Lindsay. You want to add in one more filter, zero fumbles? Well, now you're just down to Philip Lindsay. Now, I realize enough filters, you can filter anyone out. And I'm not saying pay him the money that those guys are worth, but $3.5 million dollars. He's absolutely worth it. He's proved he he's proved it on the field. He's proved it in the locker room. He's proved it in the community. And so that's why I think fans are upset today. And I think they deserve a right to be upset. Well, and I mean, and what he did was one of a kind, guys. The first undrafted offensive rookie to make the Pro Bowl his rookie year, of course, when he went for a thousand rushing yards, and the only undrafted player to start his career with back-to-back thousand-yard seasons. On top of being the guy with the huge hair, the guy that you know, I'm Philip Lindsay from Denver, went to South High School. You know, the, we had Donald Top Echo. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm. He he would he was uh, a great character. That, that everyone loved. And uh, you know what, guys? The Broncos did do right by him this morning. Once they placed the, the right of first refusal tender on him, guys, it was very clear that he was on the way out. But uh, now by just taking that off, rescinding it, he gets to go find uh, a new home and, and get a new value, not just in terms of money, but in terms of how he's going to be used. Yeah, absolutely. And I said it on Twitter. I'll say it again. No one's ever bet against him and won. <laughs> 
Broncos have now joined the coalition of people betting against them. We'll see how that works out for them. Um, Hate to end on that note, but I think it's fitting for today. <laughs> and before we get out of here, want to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. One more time, MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs, so make sure to check them out over at MSU Denver online. And thank you for sponsoring this show today. And boys, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all so much for rocking and rolling with us on this fun filled Thursday special edition of three rings. We really appreciate all of you tuning in and a huge thank you to our friend and special guest Zach by for jumping on. We love talking to him and friend of the show. We'd love to have him back. So thank you all so much for tuning in. We will We'll talk to you tomorrow on the DMVR Broncos podcast.
Dear sports fans, elevate your game to the next level with the Toyota truck. Drive the crowd favorite Tacoma. This versatile playmaker is ready to own the weekend. Choose the tailgating MVP, the Toyota Tundra. This is one vehicle that comes up clutch. Or ride in the adventurous 4Runner, a true champion on and off the road. Whichever truck you choose, you're getting a real winner. Come join the team of champions, Toyota Trucks. Visit toyota.com to learn more or check out your local Toyota dealership today. Toyota, let's go places. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.